0: Call the meeting to order, City of University Heights, Iowa City Council Meeting. Today is November 9th, 2021. And the meeting is being conducted electronically by Zoom. Welcome everyone. Uh, Roll call, all five council are present. And first of all, I asked uh, Council Member Nick Herbold to attend the meeting tonight. I wanna express my sincere thanks to Nick for stepping forward for the council appointment after Casey Cook
1: resigns,
0: Because Nick served previously as a council member, he was able to immediately help this council complete many projects. Thanks so much again, Nick, for your service.
2: Well, thank you, Louise and council for allowing me to be involved. Um, I really appreciated this term, how well everyone communicated about issues. You know, we had thoughtful debate, sometimes on some difficult issues. I think civil discourse is incredibly important for elected officials and clearly lacking in many governing bodies right now. Um, And I'm really excited for the new additions to council. I think they will be a great fit. I had a chance to talk to Tim and think his background and temperament makes him an especially good fit. And I've also heard really good things about Stephanie. Um, You know, as I transition out of building zoning and sanitation, you know, when I was with law, involved with the law enforcement committee last time around, obviously a lot of changes with uh, Chief Kelsey coming on and, and thought that was a great um, change. And I think similarly, I've been really impressed with Brian Jensen's work. Um, I don't think he's on right now, but uh, Tim, you'll, you'll know, and I know the rest of the council knows, it's a, a pleasure to work with him. You know, he's been devoted to this two-year timeline for inspections that you guys all approved um, a while back at the beginning of, of my um, partial term. And he's really speeding through those. I know we haven't been vocal in terms of talking about what his work has been like since um, he's just been kind of put his head down and, and been getting the work done. So I think that's been great. Um, and I think it really strikes a good balance between, you know, Enforcing compliance, but also not being too heavy handed. Um, The other thing that I thought was really a highlight of my involvement was Mike Haverkamp's work on the rental application um, using the Google Forms. You know, I think one thing that's been persistent is, you know, issues with rentals. And I really think that there's no excuse for tenant or for landlords right now to not submit an application. After all, Mike's work with the Google Forms. So, a couple of my highlights. Again, thanks for for involving me. And uh, I will be uh, hanging out a little bit, but I might duck out. So, um, (laughs) I'll say thank you. Thanks. And thanks again, Louise, for your your kind words. Thank you,
0: Nick. Uh, The November uh, 2nd election results were certified by the auditor's office this afternoon, and Steve sent those results around. And Tim Schroeder will officially be a member of the city council, replacing the council appointment of Nick Herbald. Steve, will you please administer Tim the oath of office? I'll be happy to.
3: So, how do you pronounce your last name, Schroeder? All right. So, I've been saying it wrong. Okay. So, uh, if you raise your right hand, repeat after me. Trying to get us on camera here. There we go. Ready? I, Tim Schroeder. I, Tim Schroeder. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. Of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of Iowa. And the Constitution of the State of Iowa. And that I will faithfully and impartially, and that I will faithfully and impartially, to the best of my ability, to the best of my ability, discharge all the duties, discharge all the duties of the office of council person, of the office of council person in University Heights, Johnson County, Iowa.
4: In University Heights, Johnson County, Iowa,
3: as now or hereafter required by law,
4: as now or hereafter required by
0: law.
3: Very well. Congratulations.
0: Well, thank you. Congratulations, Tim. Welcome to the city council. Let's get to work. Uh, First business is uh, approval of minutes from October 12th, 2021. Uh, Is there any additions or corrections to that? Hearing none, the minutes will be approved by unanimous consent. And now we have uh, public input. would anyone like to speak to the public? You have five minutes. Mike will uh, be the timer. And who would like to speak first? I think Mike,
5: Gage. Juan Pablo Horcate asked if he could speak. And I, Okay. If, 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 you're mu- if you're muted right now, JP, go ahead and unmute. Very good.
6: Yep, yeah, I just unmuted. Uh, so I'm Juan Pablo Horcate, 416 Ridgeview Avenue. Um, I notice in today's uh, agenda that uh, there's going to be consideration of the TIF pay- annual TIF payment uh, for one university place. And I'd like to bring up the fact that I sent an email to all of council about four months ago about this topic uh, and did not receive a, a reply from anyone. Um, and I'd like uh, uh, council members who receive my email to, uh, to reply in public right now. And I brought up two issues with the TIF payment, and I think with these are two new sets of facts that were not previously available. Uh, One of them is that uh, since the construction of One University Place, we now know what the commercial space is worth. And just as a reminder to council members, the TIF payments for One University Place are solely for the commercial space, not for the rest of the the buildings. and turns out that uh, if you look at the sale prices uh, for the commercial space, it's worth about $2.5 million, perhaps $3 million, no more than that. But somehow there was a fantastic $4 million finance gap that was there that the city is paying with interest, $6.7 million. Um, the numbers just don't add up. Now, Another reminder is that the calculation of the gap was for the whole space, for the residential and commercial together, not for the commercial. And the only reason it's going to the commercial is because Justin Doyle of Blackburn Investments wrote a letter to council saying that, according to his calculations, not the calculations of an independent party, that the whole finance gap was solely for the commercial space. Now, why would he say this? It was the only way they could get out of the legal requirement they have based on Iowa law to send a percent of the TIF to uh, low-income housing. That's the letter of the law. It's not something that's nice to do. Those are the rules. If you get TIF and it involves residential, some percent of that has to go to low-income housing. It wouldn't even have to be in University Heights. It could be somewhere else. And the new thing that's come out with uh, Mr. Doyle is uh, the investigative report that I sent to all of you that came out in the, the morning register. Uh, I believe the date was June 10th, 2021, where I'm gonna quote uh, that uh, Mr. Doyle and Blackbird Investments is being currently sued for failing to pay loans and for embezzlement and deception. Uh, and this is several lawsuits including by one of his partners in one university place. Uh, so the question is, Uh, I wanna ask you before you vote today to have an answer for why should we be sending money to uh, based on the word of someone who clearly has a very poor track record of telling the truth.
0: Thank you Juan Pablo. Uh, Okay, would someone else like to speak?
7: I do. This is Sylvia and um, Sylvia Quesada, Ridgeview Avenue. Um, The purpose of my comment goes to the misuse and poor use of city city money with respect to all this leaf vacuuming. I've noticed that great care was taken to announce um, other city events, great expense was made to announce these other expenses, yet the city is paying a considerable amount of money for leaf vacuuming, a service that serves everyone in the community, yet there's very little announcements as to when any of this leaf vacuuming is taking place. The leaf vacuuming already took place, the first one, and I'm not too sure about how that comes out, maybe three thousand, five thousand dollars a cleanup, but the fact is it was so poorly, poorly, poorly displayed around the city that hardly anyone participated. And my second concern is that if that is the route this council wants to take, because they've had several years in office to kind of get a program together, and let's not spend any more taxpayer money for the next two cleanups or three that are taking place, because now we have more rentals that are coming on the market with new tenants, many of whom don't do as one council person said, well, they should just visit the city website. The city government is here to serve, not the other way around. So I don't think you need to be waiting for more wasted taxpayer money for services that we're all entitled to. And lastly, the city spent several thousands of dollars acquiring a brand new city website. That website has the capabilities to round up a really nice email to all of the landlords in town because we collect and track their email. So you might as well just send out an email blast letting people know that they can participate in the citywide service instead of just leaving it to haphazard uh, planning and some weird philosophy of, of what government is. And if you don't know what that comment is, I think you should revisit last month's, com- uh, last month's uh, council meeting and listen about the leaf vacuuming. thought it was a real inappropriate response by that council person. So my basic ask is make sure that we're not wasting any more money.
0: Thank you, Sylvia. Uh, Would anyone else like to speak? Okay. Uh, Let's go on to uh, the next agenda item, which is, Consideration of Resolution 2149 Annual Finance Report for FY21. And Steve Cool is here tonight to talk about that. Thank you, Steve.
8: Okay, <clears throat> thanks, Louise. Um, I just wanna take a few minutes and uh, generally go over the annual report for the year. Um, June thir- Ended June 30th, 2021. Uh, This annual report is required uh, by state statute. It's due December 1st. Um, This is a summary of the uh, financial activity of the last fiscal year for the city. Um, I'm pretty much just gonna go over uh, the first page of the attachment and that is the summary for the year. Um, in uh, just okay, uh, column A, these are governmental funds in the city. Um, for University Heights, that's all of the funds. Uh, We do not have any proprietary activities, and then in the right hand column is the budget as was amended back in May for the year. Okay, Um, pretty much to summarize things for the year, we ended up, uh, this is uh, towards the bottom of the main schedule there. Uh, We ended up with, uh, ended up spending $500,000 more than what was taken in uh, compared to the amended budget. We were anticipating about $478,000. One thing I want to point out is this is not actually a a loss. Uh, What it is, is we've had monies set aside uh, primarily in this last fiscal year. Um, The city spent uh, approximately a net amount of $445,000. On both the Olive Court and the Golf View Avenue projects. Uh, once the, the Golf View project is done and we have final costs for that, we will be working on doing um, the long term financing of the net amount. Uh, keep in mind that out of the $450,000 that was spent this year, uh, we did have that uh, money from a few years ago from the lot sales and that was just a shade short of $250,000. So we do have some net costs that we will have to uh, get long-term financing for. Um, I will be working with uh, Josiah on that to get these projects figured up. And we probably will start this discussion next month and get this um, funding taken care of. Um, As far as the planning was, uh, out of the amended budget, we were projecting $478,000 more spending than revenue. Out of that, um, keep in mind that uh, the Swisher bond, this was the last year that we used local option sales tax money that had been collected sometime in the past. Um, That amount was just a shade short of $70,000. And then, like I said, for the capital projects, we have used up that 240 something thousand dollars. And we're looking at, uh, I don't have any final number what we're gonna be bonding or getting financing for, but the minimum would be somewhere in the ballpark, 250,000 or a little bit more than that so to cover the city's share. Um, once we take out the capital projects effect here, we actually we actually broke, broke even or had just a little bit of a surplus um, just as we always do. We have some revenues that come in after the fiscal year Likewise, at the beginning of this last fiscal year, if you'll recall, uh, property taxes back in 2000 payment was um, extended until I believe it was July 15th. So we had some actually had some of the fiscal 2020 property taxes that came in in this year. Um, but otherwise, once we account for the timing differences and the uh, uh, we had some reimbursements that came in after June 30th. Um, the regular operations of the city generally were at uh, break-even or maybe just a small surplus. So um, as far as the uh, annual report, um, i contacted the press citizen and it will be published next Wednesday, November 17th. Um, tomorrow I will get that file uh, completed and sent to the PC for publication. And then once uh, I get the publication proof for that, then uh, I will upload the report to the state of Iowa, and that will be done prior to the December 1st deadline. Um, I don't think I really had anything else um, that I wanted to point out. I um, you know one thing that um, I have been asked uh, over a few times over the last few years is what is the city's bonding capacity? That's also on page one. Um, city actually has a general obligation debt limit of a little bit over eighteen point six million dollars uh, at June thirtieth. We actually had one million three hundred fifty thousand outstanding. So we haven't even used up ten percent of our bonding capacity, which is considerably lower than several communities. So I believe that was all I had that I wanted to discuss on this. Um,
0: Any questions for Steve? Uh, Consideration of Resolution 2149, uh, the annual finance report for FY21 is before you. Is there a motion? A motion. Motion by Bobby. Is there a second?
9: I'll second it.
0: Second by Doug. Uh, Discussion. roll call vote
5: more more
10: I'm sorry I can't get unmuted there
5: and <laughs> that's okay <laughs> O'Sullivan oh, hi Schroeder
4: hi
5: Scott hi soils
0: hi motion carries five0 thank you Uh. Thank you very much, Steve, and we'll get those things signed and ready for publication in the next couple days. Thank you.
8: Okay, thank you very much.
0: Um, We we have a discussion of courtyard by Marriott hotel construction terms, and uh, Steve Ballard prepared a lot of this in his report. And I believe that I saw Jim and Greg both here tonight, is that right? Oh. Oh, I see Jim. Okay, very good.
5: Greg uh, should be here too.
0: Okay. So, uh, uh, Steve pointed out in his report uh, some of the things that were left. Steve, could you go through some of those things and talk through them? Okay.
3: I think I would learn from Lisa, but I didn't. Uh, Yeah, so we're down to a few things. The council has talked about some of these uh, in recent meetings, uh, but uh, they're listed in my report on page four. uh, And those items uh, are landscaping, uh, lighting, the lead certification, uh, solar energy arrays, pavilion, uh, uh, entrance gate security, and fencing. And as I said in my report, some of those were uh, all but done, or maybe even done, I think the council expressed its uh, satisfaction with the lead certification, the lead score card that was presented. Um, There were several things that the the developer Steve froze up. You kind
0: of froze up.
3: Indicated they would be working.
0: Mike, are you hearing him? Uh, working on. Uh, he's shortly coming out. in and out, mostly
5: <laughs> out. I'm going in between the two rooms right now and working and helping some other
0: stuff. So, well,
5: Steve, Steve's
0: back. We didn't exactly hear that. I mean, no, I, I told I told Steve something. that we missed quite a bit of that. Yeah. Uh, so Sorry maybe, about that. Maybe you just want to ask a question of one of those things to them, so that you're not talking so much. <laughs> I don't.
5: Know. Sure. Are you? T- yeah. No. Thank you.
3: I, I would just say that I covered everything I wanted to say in my report. If anyone has questions, otherwise, I think that the developers were going to bring some information back to the council this month, and it's probably a good time to hear from them would be my suggestion, uh, Mayor.
0: Thank you. Craig or Jim, would you like to speak on some of those? Like he mentioned solar fencing, lighting, lock box.
4: You're muted.
11: Jim, are you speaking? Yep. Okay, now now I am. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I, um, I was going to just start with the landscaping. I think most of you got to go over there and take a look. We planted uh, ten Siberian spruce in kind of interspersed between the the fifty foot tall spruce trees that are there, and uh, then we planted eight uh, flowering. I, I think those are hibiscus, or I'm not sure what what he what he gave me, but there's some uh, flowering bushes, and then in the spring we're gonna come back with um, some dogwood, serviceberry, and I don't. He said he either had elderberry or winterberry would be another one. Most of the other bushes would be uh, uh, bushes that are uh, for for feeding birds and and wildlife, and they're they're also in the 10 to 15 foot tall range as well. So that that will come in the spring they they didn't have anything uh left this year but we got a good real good couple rains on the trees and they, they're they look good the, uh, those are fairly fast growing but two foot a year on those uh siberian spruce, so they'll come up fairly quickly um, so anyway that's uh, the rest of that area we'll just intersperse more more bushes in there but that that's that's all the trees uh that we're showing on the on the on the plan, so that's that's all the tree, and that's really all the trees I can get in there. Those have a diameter of about 15 foot around. So when they start to get bigger, they're they're going to be touching our fence, and actually uh, encroaching out into the neighbors. So um, other than that, I did talk to uh, going to the, the solar. I talked to uh, uh, Robbie Hardware, uh, who's who's doing a, a project uh, with us. And I, I had to tell him, I didn't think we were probably gonna put solar on, but he said he would take a look at it. He, he didn't think uh, it was gonna be feasible for the type of building we had and the, the, the square footage we had, um, but he's just gonna give me some rough numbers on it. It, it won't actually be uh, like a, a, a bid because we don't exactly know what we're going to what we're going to do. He's just going to give me a square foot price and I'll, I'll get that to you here in a, in a week or two. Um, let's see, other than that, oh, oh and Greg was working on the lighting if he's there, if he's in here somewhere. I know he took more measurements so. Uh, Greg are you there? I'm
1: there. I got the measurements on the side of the property now, so we know exactly what they are, just so we have a default. Um, I don't. I should probably send that in, but I, I have them. I, don't, I haven't sent it in in an email or anything, but I have them.
0: So you're going to send the numbers around the, all the property.
1: Yeah, on, I, can, uh, I can tell you what they are. On the north side, which I call the north side, is three foot one or three point one foot candles at property line, and two point six foot candles ten feet away.
11: That's on the and, north side, and I think he means the railroad track side. The railroad tracks on the west side.
1: I'm at .14 at property line. I'm .05 at ten feet west of the property line. And on the south side, which is the apartment building side, I'm at. 5.1 5.1 at property line and 3.3 10 feet away south.
0: Did you take averages of the area? How did I did not. I just went to the center of the basically oh, the, it's center the center of the okay. Yeah. Basically
1: the center, center measurement. Of the yeah, center yeah. Just kind of and I tried to, I tried to stay between two light poles. So it wasn't, you know, skewed one way or the other. So it's basically the center of two light poles.
0: Okay. And then, um, let's see. And then, uh, what about the lockbox?
1: Lockbox is done 100%. It's on. Um, it's a yeah, the, the fire department came and put
0: it on. That was the gate in the back by the apartments that only the fire have a key for that. Correct. Right. Okay. And um, let's see. Were there some other things? Um,
9: Lead certification.
0: That was already answered last month, and that was when he spoke about uh, the scorecard. You remember that the scorecard? Yeah. Did you want him to repeat that?
9: No, I'm I'm reading it here now.
0: Okay, and um, uh, I know that. Uh, Not everyone got to look at all of this. And uh, Steve has the resolution prepared and Steve, part of the resolution talks about uh, getting some of the information and uh, uh, putting some of it at the December agenda,
3: correct? That's right, that's right. Uh, Essentially the resolution just sort of advances the clock Uh, a little more um, from from my standpoint um, once the council has the information that the council uh, needs or wants to to make a decision on whether what's in place is is satisfactory or whether the council desires additional things to be done or shown once the council uh, has the information it needs to give that sort of direction well then, I, I can put the documents together to, to re- reflect those uh, decisions by the council, but but uh, I think again, as as long as we're what the information is, is that there's still more to come. I I, I think the resolution, the way it's written, uh, is is probably suitable to just postpone further consideration to December uh, and you know uh, evaluate. The additional information at that at that point would be my suggestion,
0: and then they can put all of this in writing, and have yeah. the solar and all the all the uh, readings, and then the fencing. Did we get the fencing? Was that decided last month? I know they talked about the fencing on the railroad side.
1: Jim, are you gonna talk? Sorry, I thought
11: I heard you there, sorry. Well, about the fencing, I think it's slated uh, for spring. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Greg uh, has an exact date yet, but I know they were gonna do it in the, in the spring. Yeah,
1: we, we can't get on the schedule till spring, so.
11: That's right, okay.
0: And so, how 21, resolution 2148 is written, Uh, this would extend it out to the December meeting. And then we could get all of these final things in writing and before the council meeting, so the council can review it and review anything with Greg and Jim also. Does that sound right, Steve? So we have-
3: Yeah, I I think mostly uh, again, like. When when uh, Jim talks about getting some information from Ravi Hardware, uh, you know, I think the council is going to need that information to decide, you know, what it wants to do, um, and 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 then I'm going to need an opportunity to uh, incorporate the council's decision into a, a revised document. So.
0: So we should have something by the end of November from them. If, so that, that you information
3: have, won't be able to take
5: final
0: action. I'm sorry, I'm sorry you freeze up and yeah. I might be talking over you, but I don't hear you speak. So,
2: <laughs> sorry. but
0: okay, so we'll have, they should have information by the end of November, 1st of December, and then that would allow enough time before the, I believe it's December 13th meeting. What is it? 14th. December fourteenth meeting. Oh yeah, that'd be perfect. Two weeks. Okay.
11: Okay. I'll, I'll get that. I'll get that done.
0: Okay. Very good. So, Council um, consideration of resolution twenty one forty eight, extending deadline for completion of hotel construction items, is before you. Is there a motion?
12: I'll motion.
0: Okay. Motion by Sarah. Is there a second? I'll second Louise. Second by Lisa. Discussion. Roll call vote. O'Sullivan. Aye.
5: Schroeder. Aye. Scott? Hi. Swales. Aye. Moore. Aye. Motion carries 5-0. Thank
9: you.
0: And thank you, Greg and Jim. So be sure and get the information back by the 1st of December.
11: Okay, all right, thanks a lot.
0: Thank you. Um, Let's see, Steve is the legal report and I I don't think all the items are in various parts of the agenda. You don't have anything else, right, Steve? Correct. Okay, very good. We'll go to the city clerk report. Mike?
5: Um everything I I gave you the the standard report. The other thing this month was that we did have a request to um, rent the community center in December and and as part of our COVID protocols we haven't allowed any community uh, events and I just wanted to Take a moment to ask the council if if that was something you wanted to consider again, or if you're comfortable leaving things the way they are.
0: Her request was uh, 15, maximum of 15 people. Right, right. So it's right? a
5: it's a monthly group meeting, I believe. It's a music group, but I'm I don't hold me to that.
0: Okay, I. Uh... Since I go out into the community some and represent the city, I was at an MPO TAC meeting, which is the Metropolitan Planning Organization that Transportation Technical Advisory Committee. That's why you say MPO TAC. And uh, we were in uh, Iowa City City Hall. And you know the size of it. It's bigger than our, it's wider, it's longer, I'd say. We had 20 people in there and we were all 5 to 6 feet apart took the whole space and the council seats you know how the council's staircased up and they were not next to each other like all around the room and i counted everybody and you know between the staff and the representatives and there was 20 And that worked out pretty nicely. The city council doesn't meet there. The Iowa city council doesn't meet there. They meet in uh, the senior center because they don't feel like they have enough space at the council uh, chambers. So um, anyway, I think our room is smaller, but maybe council would want to consider a number. Maybe not. I, I don't know, I'm just saying this is what I've, I've experienced and I know I did ask North Liberty they're meeting back in their chambers, they have a pretty good sized room. Um, uh, but they do space themselves and uh, so anyway, I, I, if we consider something, I'd consider a smaller number. I wouldn't consider 50 in our room. I'd think maybe 20. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there to help council discussion.
12: Yeah, I think we could consider it with the limit. That's what you're kind of thinking, Louise. Like maybe we say it's available for groups of a certain size or smaller. That would make sense. I feel like it could be safely used for certain types of gatherings. I don't know what that number is. And maybe we do a little assessment on the space and like how far, you know, spacing people up. So you say the request was for 55.0 or 15? 15. One five.
9: (laughs) Oh, I thought you said 5.0 myself.
12: Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) That'd be hard on a regular. I guess I'm open. You want your video on? I'm
9: open to 15. I really am.
10: I'd be more comfortable leaving it as it is unless we want to actually work on a document that specifies what, you know, what we would require. I, I just don't think it's quite time to stop being you're thinking like cautious. requiring
0: masking and distance things like that is that what you mean by
10: maybe what kinds of things you would allow or I, I mean I don't know if you're gonna you know have oh, like a birthday party for kids there or if you're gonna I don't know what parameters you can set but I would say that there would need to be some thought given to this, not just oh, we're gonna set a number and then anything goes. That's my opinion. So
0: um
12: or like the yes. IC rec center, like are those rooms available for rental yet? I'm just thinking of it. is there's a precedent for like these kind of community rentals in the community, I don't really know, but I know like Iowa City Rec Center has rooms that are probably like similar size that um, are available for renting. Like normally, I don't know what the, I don't know what they're at right, what they're doing right now.
0: I didn't check into that.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: But, um, so I hear, Uh, Let's see, Doug is open to 15. And Sarah might consider a smaller number. And um, Lisa doesn't would would like to keep it closed uh, with. So Bobby, do you have an opinion? um about it i mean your office is kind of close by and you know that yeah area yeah um
4: i guess i don't mean the only i feel like i feel like at this point in the pandemic if you will um I people, I don't know, I guess I think people can kind of make a decision for themselves a little bit. I mean, I think everyone's, I don't know, I guess, especially if other places, North Liberty, if they're opening up, I mean, I feel like we can let them, if, if they're feeling comfortable enough with the status of things to,
9: to have a meeting, then... Then I think that's okay. I guess. Is there any reason we can't reassess every every month? Literally, I mean, to see which direction the the numbers are looking.
0: Council's prerogative, of course. Yes, um, I I do. I don't know if I mentioned, but it's very strict that when you go into the city of Iowa City, it says you need to wear a mask and you need to distance, and that was um, what the meeting was, and sometimes the main speaker would say, I'm going to put my mask down so people can hear me, because we're all over the room, and seemed to work out well with, uh, I'm not saying it's, you know, but they did, there was space, and they wore masks, and people wore masks, everybody had a mask, I'm just, you know, but uh, yeah, we can reassess it periodically.
8: I don't have a strong feeling either, but I do did see a headline and I was just looking at some data. The numbers are on the rise, so maybe it's not the time to do it.
10: I also, I guess, I will throw this out as a, I just read an article about a CDC study that looks at the four masking, barriers, distancing, and um, air filtration, air quality, air purification, and the most effective thing they said is the ventilation air filtration aspect. I mean, they weren't making a definitive statement about much, but uh, I just would throw that out, so something we I
4: don't really have. I, I feel like I, I think I'm fine just saying we wait, we hold it off. And if, if, if and there's not really a consensus that everyone's comfortable with it, I'm fine just hanging out where like we've got it for a while, too. You know, if everyone's not saying, yeah, let's go full steam ahead, then I'm also fine with
0: waiting. Yeah, and we can
10: reassess another time.
0: But. Is, is that okay with Doug and Sarah?
9: No, I don't have a problem with that at all. Okay.
0: Yeah, same. Yep,
12: it's fine.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're Thank not you.
12: opening
5: up yet. Right. Thank you. I just I hadn't had many requests, so I'm I'm wanted to bring that to you to consider. I will tell you, I did get a second request then from somebody, and I didn't recognize their name when they left a voice message. So I called them back and. They said, you have a funny area code. Where are you calling from? And I said, the University Heights, Iowa. And she said, oh, I thought you were Ohio. So she lived in University <laughs> of Ohio. And I said, well, even if we are open, even if we do it, I said, the council is going to be considering it. Even if we do open up, I can't give you the resident rate. So,
9: you know. <laughs> Usually it's Thanks, Idaho. Sir.
0: Great story. Uh, now you were going to talk about the um, uh, the audit, Mike. Oh,
5: that's right. The uh,
0: we are scheduled.
5: I forgot to throw that into my report. We have an annual audit done by Kronlage and Olson that is a state requirement that will cover the FY21, which ended June 30th of 21. That will be in December. We have scheduled that for December 16th. So Lori and I will do that with um, John Olson. We did it via Zoom last year. Chris Anderson will probably join us for parts of that too since that also covers some of the time when she was around and, and we were doing the handoff on the clerk. So we'll have something probably for the January meeting.
0: I thought that you said it was first. December eighth.
5: We we looked at the eighth first, and then we ended up moving it oh, to the
0: sixteenth. Okay, so, I didn't get that memo. Sorry. No,
5: yeah, <laughs> know, that that was that
0: was a later that was a okay, later change. Okay, because we meet on the fourteenth, right? For, and then uh, this will be on this sixteenth,
5: right? And it's just that we have to we have to audit the previous fiscal year and it has to happen at, we, we usually do it in December. That's just a good time, so.
7: And
0: you were, you were there last year too, mm-hmm. so that yeah. was good.
5: Yeah, yeah, it was actually, so doing it via Zoom is actually a lot easier for them because normally they're traveling down from Northern Iowa, so.
0: Very good. Are there any questions for Mike? Um, okay, we'll go on to city, city treasure report. Now Lori sent the warrants, but uh, did she send a new list? She had a lot of zeros on the payroll. When I looked at it, ah, there it is. Perfect Lori. Okay, so she sent it earlier and then this is so people can have a moment to look at the numbers. As we go down this list, and let me know when you're ready to
5: scroll down.
0: I'm ready. (laughs) I really needed to see the upper numbers. Okay, that's where it ends on the ninth. And um, yeah, very good. Are there any additions or corrections to the warrants? Are there any um, objections to uh, paying in the warrants? Hearing none, the warrants will be paid by unanimous consent. Um, then we'll go to the chief report and committee report. Uh, Troy, you sent your report around. Would you like to speak about some of the things? We have an agenda item.
13: Yep. Sorry, I stepped away from the monitor for just a minute. Can you all hear me okay?
0: Yes, thank you.
13: Uh, I'd like to just touch briefly, if I could, on a few items on the report. One, under other items, B, billing, Uh, back in 2019, changed the way that we staff for particularly athletic events rather than university heights absorbing all the costs of bringing in extra staffing. We started to share resources with the University of Iowa, and as part of that, we billed the University of Iowa for those man hours. I recently invoiced uh, $27,754 in change. Uh, that just occurred last week. So again, these are expenses that in the past University Heights absorbed. Uh, now we continue to staff, fully staff for those athletic events, but we bill back for them. So. That is money that you will see coming back to the city. Uh, if you have not had item C, if you've not had a chance to, and I know I sent my report out late, I apologize for that. But the one or two-way auditor, Fletcher Freedoms, came back in town. Uh, he asked to do a ride-along. It would have been easy to say why, but a ride-along is something that I would allow any community member, and I of course allowed him to come in and ride-along. He actually did a walk along with me on a purdue football game never sure exactly how youtube content creators are we going to spin content but it was uh i thought it was a fun piece that he put up and if you haven't looked at it and, and have a few moments to kill you might want to take a look at it uh, i think it accurately reflects game day and University Heights, and by far the majority of the comments have been positive towards the community and the event. Uh, I just, I think it's, it's, it's just nice to hear, uh, especially anything police related. Uh, Item number D, uh, I spoke with Mike Day and I see Mike is at the community center monitoring. I kind of have expected him to speak. I think I spoke with him at the Purdue game as I was walking around. Yes, you did several times. Yes, one of the football games. And uh, Mike is one of the residents along Kozer who has on numerous occasions expressed his concern about speed of particularly commuting traffic up and down Kozer uh, trying to shortcut around Melrose. Uh, and he suggested something that I had not ever considered or heard considered, and that was it, placing a, an all way stop sign at the intersection of Kozer and Highland. You know, it would add. I don't know, 30 seconds of commute time for residents to and from as they traveled uh, down, down Uh, but it would cause vehicles traveling from the George Street stop sign down to uh, Melrose to have to come to a stop halfway along that. Uh, just in our conversation, I said, you know, from a traffic engineering standpoint, I, I doubted that it was warranted, but there were other considerations beyond just vehicular traffic flow, and I promised him that I would look into it and share it with you all. Since then, I've had conversations with Josiah, uh, with the mayor, with uh, Councillor Swales as, as the chair of, of streets and sidewalks, and I also know that uh, Kent Ralston with MPO, uh, the mayor had an opportunity to discuss that with him. Uh, it's kind of contraindicated, as I understand it, from Josiah, From a traffic engineering standpoint this is not you know placement of a stop sign is not something that the MPO historically thinks is a good solution or a good way to traffic calm but Kent Ralston uh, and Josiah both said that that the first step in this would be to do a to renew a traffic study to do a traffic study again a speed study and, and to look at other factors associated with that section of the roadway which is also something that Mike and some of his neighbors along closer have wanted. So it sounds like that's just a matter of you all making a formal request. And I'm I'm certainly willing to make that request to MPO uh, if that's all what you would like me to do, but but that is the next step in the process. So briefly, that's just touching on that. And and I I did have it as an agenda item because again, I promised uh, Mike that I would bring this to you all. And I wanted to make sure that that was documented. And finally, something that's not listed, but it was an item on one of my previous uh, reports to council, the only legacy patrol vehicle we still have is an old uh, Ford Explorer police interceptor. And I thought that that was sold this last month. Uh, There are two shops locally that looked at it and said that it has transmission issues. Uh, One of the buyers is still interested in purchasing that vehicle, but no longer at what would be fair market value for a running vehicle, more of a a salvage price, and he's willing to make repairs. So I just wanted to update that 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 sale fell through. And uh, again, we may have to sell it for considerably less, but I would still like to move it out of the back lot and and get what I can for it. So that's all I have, unless anybody has any questions.
14: Can I make a comment here? Yes. Okay, Troy. you and I talked numerous times about this. And one of the things you you talked about doing a study, well, that speed sign's been down there for better than three and a half to four months. We've got to have some data on that. I mean, how much more can you do?
13: The MPO has their own, and Josiah said the same thing. he said, what does that, what's the data from that? I will try to upload it. I will be honest with you. The last time I tried to dump the data from that, I wasn't successful in doing it. So I'm not sure if I'm doing it wrong or if it's just not recording. It's, like only working
14: half, it's only working half the time now. It, it quits at around 5 o'clock yesterday, and it was on today, and then I didn't see it, but it quit again today. So maybe they're not getting enough sunshine. It's not getting enough solar power.
13: And that could very well be. I know so we're, uh,
14: we're, we're, we're losing a lot of data because people are going down after dark, obviously, and we've got no way of, of tracking them.
13: Right, which is why they would put the, the traffic sensors on the street to actually measure the the speeds. And I think that as you all have pointed out, or neighbors have pointed out along coser before, there has been some questioning of the not necessarily the accuracy, but of the how meaningful the data is. Because as I understand it prior to my arrival here, the, the last survey as you all related to me was done during a time when the university wasn't in session or it was summer session. Uh, so I think that if we can coordinate this with MPO, what I will do is pull that sign so that it's not impacting speed when they do their traffic study. But I will see if I can't download that information for you, Mike.
14: Okay. I'd, I'd be very oh. curious to see because just in, in my sitting out in my front yard and I invite any one of you to come out and sit in my front yard and watch between four and five, they're going down a, there at 32, 33 miles an hour. And that's probably average of 28. And, uh, Way too fast with all the bikers and people walking back from the university. It's just unsafe. It's more of a safety issue thing too.
9: Mike, can I ask you a question? This is Doug. Sure. Um, Do you notice how you doing, buddy? Um, Have you noticed a pattern when the speed sign is working versus days that it's not? You feel like folks see that and the lights are flashing. Does, Does that is it kind of a psychological deterrent? Do people slow down when they see their speed at all? And then the days that it's not, you feel like. They're just flying like crazy?
14: Uh, To some degree. Now, it's been in two different places there on Kosher. The first time was right across from my house at 106. And that was halfway down the street. And they'd come down there and they'd see that. And then they'd slow down. And then they kept it slow the rest of the way down to Melrose. Now that it's clear down by the other end of the street, um, closer to to, uh, Melrose, they don't even slow down. And sometimes they're actually speeding up when they get there.
9: Yeah, I, I kind of question why it was so much down further than it has been in the past, like almost up in front of your house, where it, it's, it kind of stops you from getting ahead of steam going down that hill. But, you know, like you just pointed out, that it's at the bottom. I mean, it's they're just reading their speed as they're going by it now. At that point, I mean, the, the crime has already been committed, you know, the lack of a better term, but the, the speeding offense has already taken place. And I was wondering, maybe as a plan B or plan C, maybe, with a permanent, you know, like we have up there in front of the iClub, a permanent post mounted uh, light with uh, you know, LEDs that flash or strobe or something. And I mean, it, maybe is there a study that reflects that as well, Troy, that uh, communities that have uh, posted uh, speed uh, indicators with flashing lights versus a stop sign. I mean, I, I wanna look at everything, you know, and, and I don't know what it's gonna take, but I, yeah, I. Agree that the trailer is definitely it because I, I that's how I go to work and, and back every night, and I can tell you firsthand that there's sometimes you see people that when that lights up and it shows you're speeding, they jam on the brakes, and there's some that don't even, meh, they just keep right on going. So, you know, everybody's a little different, but it, it does seem to have some degree of help. But over the long term, I'm people are probably going to get accustomed to it and just laugh at it and go around by it, you
13: know. Well, speaking so, to the trailer. Speaking to the trailer, Doug, from my perspective, it is, it's best served as a, as a tool to educate, Uh, but not all the residents along Cozer feel the same way about where it should be placed, for example. Uh, I agree with Mike that when it was in kind of mid-block, if you will, or midway between George and Melrose, people started to accelerate, saw it flashing, and maybe slowed down and coasted the rest of the way. Uh, there were some residents that, that while they appreciated the slowing, they also wanted to try to capture data and wanted that—I don't know, for lack of a better word—that that kind of gotcha moment where it's not accurately reflecting, in their opinion, speeds of motorists. If it's slowing the motorists, as opposed to capturing what their maximum speed is, which again MPO would be able to do a better survey. Right. Uh, Mike and other residents along the street have talked about, uh, various residents have talked about putting in a, a speed radar sign similar to, to what is on our west entrance to town. In my experience dealing with MPO and Josiah, and I had a little, Josiah and I had a conversation about this again today. Uh, I can speak to Iowa City process where, again, first MPO gathers data. They do a study. They gather data. They look at percentiles, vehicle speeding. You know, both the percentile of vehicle speeding, maximum speeds. Uh, then they they propose potential solutions or or remedies to it. The, the neighborhood is involved in it, and and then there's a decision. Well, if it's even warranted, and then there's a decision made about how to proceed, and lighted signs are one of those things that in Mike's past experience they do have an impact especially in the first few weeks that they're there and then their impact tends to taper off yeah uh, and they also generate complaints from residents if this was the middle of the summer and people were their commute at 5 5:30 in the evening it was sunny that's that's completely different than now when their commute is i mean like Mike pointed out already I mean it's dark by the time the evening commute is going on and 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 some residents just don't like those flashing lights so I I think that there is merit to doing the study and it does need to go to the community or go to the neighborhood uh, because there's going to be both intended consequences and unintended consequences and you need to find that balance stop signs as as Mike suggested uh are minimal investments. I don't know how long of impact they would have, but they're a minimal investment and they're easy to reverse if necessary. When I spoke with Josiah, that's just not good traffic engineering, a good traffic engineering approach. I'm not a traffic engineer. I'm not an engineer at all. And Josiah or Kent Ralston might be able to better weigh in. But I've been here for two years now, and this is an ongoing issue with the residents along Cozer and not just this section, but also the 200 block between. George and Sunset. Mm-hmm.
9: Now, I again in my traveling, uh, you know, I, I ride my motorcycle by Mike's house every day. I can tell you firsthand, that I cannot tell you every day I see no less than one or two people, even at the corner of George and Kozier, they blow through that stop sign. I mean, a lot of them, 90% of the time, they're rolling stops. I mean, some of them are blatant, some of them are, eh, you know, I, I get it, you know, a couple mile an hour, but I have seen some that blow through that stop sign, literally five, 10 mile an hour. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, if you can't enforce a stop sign, you know, I'm not mean you, but I'm just mean as a driver, if you don't obey a stop sign, what makes you think you're gonna obey a slow the heck down or another stop sign? I don't know. Maybe the inconvenience of stopping twice in a row will be enough of a deterrent. Um, The next phase I guess, if you really wanna roll your sleeves up is maybe we should invest in a, a handheld radar and, and maybe police that a little heavier. But I, you know, I, I know we all kind of reluctantly don't want to go back to that reputation of, God, you can't even drive to University Heights and we're going to, you know, nobody wants to go back down that way again. But at some point we have to make that a deterrent. And, and like I say, right now they're blowing through stop signs. I don't, would they blow through two in a row back to back? I don't know. But uh, there's been a lot of mornings I, I look up and I have a bicycle going through there my God, 25, 35 mile an hour, they're lucky I see them because if I pulled out,
13: I'd probably put one down pretty bad. Well, after you and I communicated, and I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, Doug, I did direct my officers to pay more attention and actually do some, some directed patrol of the stop sign. And uh, while I can't promise that everybody's come to a complete stop, none of them have noticed the behavior that you just reported. I have no doubt that it occurs. But it's just, as Mike and I have talked about, there's police presence is very obvious when it's there and it, it does modify the behavior. And as far as the stop sign, if it if it was placed at Highland and it slowed traffic again, by code and ideally we would want people to come to a stop, but even if they did the California roll through Highland, I would hope that it'd be easier to enforce, but it would also effectively slow them down there. Uh, so there's, there's pros and cons, but from a traffic engineering standpoint, and when Josiah and I talked through MPO process and their, the calming methods that they, the traffic calming methods that they like to employ here, this is not one that they that they like to use. Matter of fact, they, they discourage its use. That doesn't mean that we can't explore it and we can't do the study and we can't see see what there is to do, but it, it just... From my non-engineering standpoint, it's a whole lot easier than engineering a chicane or a speed bump or a roundabout. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I. Well,
9: you did say we had an extra police car. Mike, how do you feel about a new lawn ornament?
14: Sounds good to me. Put it on the yard. <laughs> but give me a handheld radar gun. I'll, I'll get those guys. <laughs>
13: Sergeant Tucker has been wanting to take our handheld out there and do some enforcement, so he and I will have to do that. I've
14: been told you don't have a handheld.
13: I didn't think we did either.
14: I've been told you don't have one.
13: And that might be – he wanted to – you might be right. We were talking about, in his words, doing pitch and catch, but that would involve setting a patrol car, car, which is very obvious along that street. You're correct.
14: Since you only front to back on the patrol car, you
13: can't do a –
9: You
14: need, you need
13: a handheld um, radar gun. That's my understanding as well. I could I could see about doing... Uh, I'm making a request of Iowa City to see if we can't do some joint enforcement there with one of their, their officers running a handheld and, and us writing ordinance violations. Anyway, there's some things for me to explore there beyond the traffic, uh, beyond the stop signs. Okay. So there is
0: agreement by the council to... Uh, have him uh, take this to Kent Ralston and do a study and specifically say, we wanna look at uh, what you suggested, Doug, some kind of a uh, flashing light thing, uh, also stop signs, you know, list some things specifically that we want him to look at. Is that okay with the council?
7: Yeah,
12: definitely. Yes, that's fine. Do
0: his study and- Mention some of those suggestions.
10: And try to reduce the number of people that cut down COSER. My part too. Don't <clears throat> forget me.
14: That, that's, that's what Troy brought up the earlier when our early discussions was, if you, if you slow that people down enough, they're gonna go to the arterial streets is where you want them. You don't want them cutting down through Kozier,' either 200 block, 100 block or whatever, but it'll put them back out to Sunset and Melrose where we want them to come down.
13: Right, we need that deterrent, that's for sure. All right, I'll reach out to the MPO then with uh, under your uh, guidance or direction. And I know that there's a number of residents along code who would be happy to work with the MPO to make this happen. So thank you, I'll move yep. it forward. Yeah, yep.
9: this has been long going on for quite a while. So yeah, I'd like to do something about it, I guess. So yeah, this would be a good move.
14: It appears to be getting worse too. In the last uh, year, it's gotten worse and worse.
0: Okay, uh, we'll go on to, um, uh, was there anything else with the police committee? Uh, Sarah, did you have anything?
12: No, nothing additional, thanks. Okay. And
0: so we'll go to the engineer report and that's Doug and Josiah. And Josiah, why don't you start your report? It sounds good, Mayor.
15: Uh, I submitted a written report. I'll touch on the items here. Uh, A follow-up from last month, we've had this communication with with Imon communications about residential fiber to the home. Uh, The update there is that I met with the Imon representatives, uh, the same ones we uh, met with on the the Zoom meeting. Um, On site to go over, uh, talk about a number of the items that we all discussed during that council meeting, uh, particularly informing them about current and upcoming city projects in like known utility relocation work that's happening in town so they could have a good broad picture of what's going to happen here um, and so that could be planned with what they're doing. So we had a good discussion for about an hour and went through a bunch of uh, you know sort of getting into like the details of like how does this work and where is this going to go and what streets and um, so like I said we had a good discussion but at, at that time I, you know they were thinking they would have an update at this meeting in November. Um, some of those questions um, brought up other impacts to basically their their broader community re- outreach to this, not only the University Heights, but Iowa City and the University of Iowa and how these routes are gonna go. Um, so they are now looking at uh, studying those further and coming back in December with their next update. Uh, Second item, the panel replacements project um, finally did get going. Uh, We got a good break in the weather as far as uh, dry weather plus good temperatures for pouring concrete. Uh, That did start last Thursday and I believe that road is probably going to be opened up at the end of the day tomorrow. Uh, So that will be on track to get that back opened up within seven days for those that have their driveways impacted. And also get those roads open before uh, the next home football game. Uh, and then, well, I got a mis- miscellaneous item here um, to touch on. This this is actually from about a year ago. Uh, we had a conference call with Iowa City Street Superintendent Brock Holub. Um, I, I think at that point he was just sort of maybe coming into that job newly after about a year or so, and he was trying to get a handle on all their work with various um, other cities that they're tied to and then just sort of feeling out how everything's been done historically. So we we had that meeting talked about things like you know snow removal, pavement repair, traffic signal maintenance, all those sort of uh, shared items that we've all kind of kind of run into each other since we have so many common boundaries with Iowa City. So uh, Brock's intent was to to get a good handle on that and update a, a maintenance agreement, not only with University Heights but every city and county that they interact with. So we did receive a draft of that last month, um, and so like like I noted in my report, I'm gonna I've, I've started going through that and I will go through that and, and with other city staff, you know, notably uh, Steve Ballard. And uh, my plan is to provide comments to the mayor, the clerk, and streets and sidewalks uh, to get some feedback before. Uh, before we reach back out to Iowa City and, and see how I want to proceed.
0: One thing I thought you could uh, speak of just a little bit for Tim's sake too is uh, we met with uh, Brock when he first came on and uh, they do some snow removal and ours down Melrose. And then we did some trading on, we do some of their, you know, small side streets. And we've already been working together with them and it's been working quite well, don't you think Josiah? Cause they were, yeah. you know, dropping their blades, then picking them up and driving through University Heights and then dropping them again. And that was nice when Brock came on to work this out with the city. And, yeah, and, I, and I
15: think that may have been an outreach of that meeting as well. Um,
0: where the, I see. the City
15: of University Heights and Iowa City ex- executed an agreement to share and swap some of those snow removal requirements, uh, particularly on those streets that, uh, particularly uh, Lemur and Olive, and those smaller side streets where University Heights is plowing them anyway, so it makes sense to complete the loop and, and take care of the rest of those streets.
0: Yes, okay. Any questions for Josiah? Did you have anything else? And and you'll send some of the, I'm on, I don't even know how to say that exactly. (laughs) Anything that they might send, you're gonna send to the council during the month, right? Correct, yes. As you usually do. Okay. Um, Doug, did you have something to add?
9: Uh yeah, did, have we made contact with Mark Phelps yet for the upcoming snow uh, removal season again? And, yes. and then also when we uh, have our last home football game, I imagine we're gonna start putting out the sand barrels again, hopefully before the ground freezes.
0: Yes, uh, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, he likes to wait till after the home football to put the sand barrels out, otherwise they're just a trash collector for home football
9: and and, uh, and then yeah. I have one more thing last winter we had some folks up here on sunset that had you know again the ground wasn't frozen unfortunately before we had that snow and uh, we had some private contractors that came in to do residential individual I should say snow removal on their sidewalks mm-hmm. along sunset and oh. they did a lot of damage you know driving in the soft yard and they tore up the grass and then you know, dropping their blade hard on the, the our brand shiny new concrete. Um, I, I'd like to make sure that we have some kind of policy in place there as far as what uh, residential owners can do and cannot do. As far as you know, we can't have a bulldozer back there on our sidewalk. But you know, what what do we allow? What do we not allow?
0: Uh, Chief, didn't you weren't you the one who talked to the specific company? The companies, the private companies, just kind of made a decision. And isn't that right, Troy? Didn't you talk to them?
9: Yeah, I think he did.
0: I don't know. Well, he must be off. I think yeah. he's stuck.
9: With, yeah. Okay. but And, and they uh, and they were pretty receptive to it. But Oh, they, I, I thought they them. were very
0: receptive. And yeah.
13: then,
0: yeah, but we need to watch. All right. I All
13: right. couldn't All right. unmute there. Sorry about that. Yeah, so <laughs> I did speak with them, and I thought they were receptive. We'll see whether they follow through and what their turnover is in drivers. But, uh uh, I, I felt that they heard what I had to say and that they were going to comply. And then last
9: year also, and I, I know it was a really high amount of snow, but we had a lot of intersections that were stacked up pretty, you know, that made blind spots for folks, you know, couldn't see traffic coming on sunset. And I just like to make sure that when we talk to Mark, I, I, he's got a plan of, uh, you know, skid loader and a dump truck to get a lot of that, you know, the intersections opened up. So it's visually, you know, not a hazardous
13: situation again. and But like they, we had a lot of snow last year too. Excuse me for interrupting, uh, Doug, but also on that, when I dealt with Mark following those events, I mean, he was good, very good about coming back and clearing them. He was just trying to open up the intersections at the time and it did create a temporary view obstruction. But again, I, I, I thought that he was quick to respond when those were pointed out uh, to come back with a skid loader or a, another plow to push it farther off the road. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, I was
9: very happy with him. And like I say, I cut him some slack because we did have a very unusual amount of snow in a short amount of time. So I, I was very pleased with it, but uh, I didn't know if we had a timeline involved to, you well, know, we gotta make sure we keep these intersections open uh, priority-wise. I. Just want to make sure that that is addressed.
0: Okay, anything else? Uh, Any questions for Doug or Josiah? Okay, we'll go on to uh, finance and Steve Ballard. Oh, somebody had something? No, okay. Steve Ballard had written this up in his, and it says Steve Cool, and it's really Steve Ballard, the consideration of resolution 2143, authorizing internal advent, advance of funds for urban renewal projects, followed by 2144, 2145, and 2146. Um, Steve put all of the details in his report. And he updated 2146 a few hours ago because he had some of the dates, uh, the fiscal year dates designations were incorrect and that that's 2146. Um, so do you have any questions with Steve on any of these? We can go first to 2143 authorizing internal Advance of funds for urban renewal projects. First, we'll get a motion.
14: Is there a
1: motion? Uh,
0: Yeah. Motion by Bobby and then I heard uh, Lisa, so second by Lisa. Is that okay? Yes. Uh, Discussion. Okay. Uh, Roll call vote.
5: You're, you're muted
0: yeah mike i don't <laughs> hear you
5: here i am you know committing <laughs> the same error as everybody else Schroeder.
11: aye
5: Scott. i i saw that i saw the thumbs up swales Aye. more Aye. o'sullivan hi motion carries five zero
0: Okay, we have consideration of resolution 2144. Um, That is before you. Um, Is there a motion? A motion. Motion by Bobby. A second? I'll second. Second by Lisa. Okay, um, any discussion?
12: So this is the one based on the worksheet, right? This is the one that's. Um, based on the developer certificate and worksheet that they
3: filled out, is that right? That's exactly right, uh, Sarah, and the amounts that are set forth in the uh, in the worksheet and in the resolution itself are estimates. The The actual uh, allocation will be 95% of the actual TIF uh, taxes paid and the uh, 95% to the developer and 5% to the city pursuant to the agreement. But but the answer to your question is yes.
0: Okay, any other discussion? Roll call vote.
8: I, I was gonna oh,
0: sorry. mention oh. that.
8: I'll, I'll sit. okay. Since this involves the flow of money to the developer, I'm gonna, we call conflict of interest because I was a former business partner with Kevin Munson and I was
4: part of the design of that project, so I don't want any partial opinions being part of
1: it.
0: Okay. Is there any other discussion? Okay, Mike. Roll call.
5: Scott? Aye. Swales? Aye. Moore? Aye. O'Sullivan? Aye. Schroeder? Abstains. Okay, motion carries 4-0 with one abstention.
0: Okay, now we have consideration of resolution 2145. Um, Is there a motion? I'll make the motion. A motion by Lisa. Is there a second? I'll second. Second by Bobby, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you. Um, discussion. Are we ready for a roll call vote? Uh, roll call
5: vote. Wales. else? Aye. More.
0: Aye. O'Sullivan.
5: Aye. Schroeder.
4: Aye.
0: Scott.
5: Aye. Motion carries
0: 5-0. OK, um, now we have consideration of Resolution 2146. And this is the new one that Steve sent around with the corrected dates, um, approving Interfund transfers from the tax increment financing fund to the general fund. Is there a motion? I'll motion. Motion by Bobby. Is there a second?
9: I'll second it.
0: Okay, second by Doug. Yes. Discussion. Roll call vote. More.
5: Aye. Sullivan? Aye. Schroeder? Aye. Scott?
4: Aye.
0: Who
5: else? Aye. Motion carries, 5
0: zero. Thank you. Um, Bobby, do you have anything you want to add to the finance report? I think Steve Cole kind of covered it. Yeah, I don't have any. The, You'd be working on the long-term loan yeah. with Steve. Yep. OK, okay. very good. I'll go to building zoning and sanitation. And uh, uh, Steve Smith is attending the meeting tonight uh, from Johnson County Refuse. uh, And it's consideration of resolution 2147, approving assignment of agreement of Johnson County Refuse to LRS of Iowa City, LLC. Now, Steve wrote this up in his report, Steve Ballard did, We have a lot of Steves in town, and and hi Steve Smith, I see you. Hi,
1: Hi. and so why
0: don't yeah, why don't you go ahead and talk to the council about what this is a little bit?
1: Okay, so
0: oh, and Candy's with you. Yeah, she's she's here. Candy's his wife, and they own the company together.
16: Um, So what's happened to us is we've had a company from Illinois called Lakeshore Recycling Systems um, come to us and want to to purchase our business assets um, and assets uh, and become a company and they're going to go by LRS of Iowa in here um, but also keep keep our name Johnson County Refuse uh, for here Um, and what's happened is they've come in made the offer to us and we need to uh we're pursuing that and we have to we have to assign the contracts our city contracts over get approval from you guys to assign it over um they will one of the things that i had had told them from the beginning is they'd have to do very good for my customers and um and also my employees and they've come in with a very good package for for my employees that i can't even Begin to to match because they are a little bigger company and their um, their health insurance and stuff with a bigger uh, more amount of employees is is much cheaper than ours. So um, uh, and then they will be they will be keeping our all of our employees on. I will be staying on and running running the company uh, this area for them. So as far as you guys, there's really no would be no change. Other than approving this, I would still be. They have to follow the contract that we have. I would still be in charge, and 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 my guys would still be. You would still see the same guys at the curb, you know, each each Tuesday, and when we're doing uh, our things. So, um, uh, with that, we're. I guess we're seeking your blessings to 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 um, transfer the contract to them.
0: Now you're doing this with all your cities, right? Tell yes, tell the we council have your cities. Yes, we
16: have 17. Um, we have 17 cities in the area in Johnson, Washington, Benton, and Cedar, and one in Lynn that um, that we have to do this with. Some of them have a. Some of them have the seven of them have a clause like you have that I have to seek approval from the council city. Um, the others I don't, but I'm I'm. Going through the same process. Um, at this point, we've got ten of the. We've been working on this this month. Um, we have ten of the seventeen that's already approved for this to go ahead. Um, and now it's it's we're here to to get your approval.
0: Um. So you're going to still run the company. You just yep, won't I will, be the owner.
16: I just won't be the owner. I will still be running the day to day. If you guys if there's a problem at all, um, I would still be the one taking care of it. Um, The day-to-day stuff, I would still be managing just like I have have in the past. I just wouldn't actually own the company anymore. Uh,
0: Steve Ballard, uh, would you like to say a few things about what you see as uh, the city needing to move forward with this?
3: From a legal span, okay, I don't
0: hear Steve. Uh, Sure, the first thing I... I...
5: Sorry, is that any better? Uh, We can can hear you, Steve, we just can't
3: see you. Yeah, that's okay. I shut shut my face off for obvious reasons, plus I I thought maybe it was taking a bandwidth, but... um, I, I, every time I think about Johnson County refuse and, and collection in University Heights, I, I do want to say as a, somebody who's been around for many, many years, uh, the day John, the, the day the council hired Steve Smith in Johnson County refuse to uh, handle refuse collection, recycling, uh, yard waste, is that's the last day I think I ever got a call from a citizen about those issues. And I used to get plenty of them. So I, I would share that. Uh, yeah, the contract is just exactly the way Steve uh, Smith described it. it it does provide that for Steve and his company to assign their uh, their uh, obligations and responsibilities under the contract the council uh, has to approve that and so that's what twenty four twenty one forty seven uh, uh, does is is approves this uh, this uh, assignment by Johnson County Refuge sink to Lakeshore uh, of Iowa um, LLC, I think it is. So that's all I, all I had to say. If somebody has questions, I'd be happy to answer them.
0: Well, I want to add that 1994, <laughs> I was first on City Council in 1994, and one of my fir- and I was building zoning and sanitation. That was my assignment. And we were looking at these companies, and I gotta say, I recommended Steve Smith. I rode with every. Back in that day, I rode with every company, <laughs> and Steve talks about me riding with him. Yeah. I think he was taken aback a little bit when he was when I was riding around with him in the truck. I just wanted to see what he did, what how it worked, you know, and. And how he was with his customers, et cetera. But anyway, we have good stories about that too. Don't we, Steve? Yeah.
16: Yes, we do. And, and Louise, you're the only one that ever in all the sees we've we've done and customers that has ever come out and rode with us like you did that day. So yeah, that was it, <laughs> it was fun.
0: That's awesome. I took my job very seriously here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was, you know, a lot younger too. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, But anyway, uh, yeah, so any questions for Steve Smith? Okay, are we ready to do consideration of resolution 2147? Okay, is there a motion? I'll motion. Motion by Bobby, is there a a second? Second. Second by Tim uh thanks Lisa. We'll use tim um, any further discussion
4: Well, just great job you know creating a successful business and congrats on the sale and thank you
1: we're
16: We're not going anywhere i'm still I'll still be here just under a little, a little different uh d- little different issues so yep. thank you great.
0: okay roll call
5: vote Sullivan hi. Schroeder, aye. Scott,
4: aye.
5: Swales? aye. Moore, aye. Motion carries five zero.
0: Thank you, thank you, you Stephen Candy. Yep,
5: yeah, thanks. Thank
0: Appreciate you. it. Okay. Hi, Candy. Hello. Okay. Um, we'll go on to e-government. And uh, Lisa, you circulated your full color report. Um, any questions for Lisa? Any comments you wanted to make, Lisa?
10: Um, finally, vacuuming is coming up November 15th, and I see a lot of my neighbors already have their leaves ready to go. So that's good. And I had a neighbor walk by today telling me what a hopeless job it was to rake my leaves, and that it's, you know, she appreciates the leaf vacuuming, and it's impossible to predict when we need to schedule it. But I thought that was nice that she
0: appreciates the vacuum. Uh, any, any questions for Lisa? Are there any announcements? Anyone wanna make an announcement? Okay. Is there any objection to adjournment? Hearing none, the meeting's adjourned by unanimous consent. Thanks everyone. Have a great evening and go Hawks.
5: Thank you. Thanks.
0: Thank you.